talking baseball. Klazuski, Campanella talking baseball. The man in Bob hey, hey, hey. the scooter. Welcome, the everyone. Dirty Kurt's dugout. As usual, I'm on the pine, Kurt Bavacqua, with you again. And let me tell you what's going on in baseball real quick before I bring any guest on, which let me surprise you. If you're just tuning in and you haven't seen who it is, I'm going to surprise you because uh, he's a dandy. But Major League Baseball and the MLBPA, which is the Major League Baseball Players Association, have announced multiple changes to the All-Star Game the trading deadline, pitching usage, and roster construction. More importantly than that, they've announced that the sides will soon begin the negotiations regarding more significant changes to the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, which doesn't run out until 2021 now. So that includes substantial changes to the game's financial arrangements. That's what the owners are telling the Players Association right now earlier than expected with the possibility of an extension of the current uh, CBA, which I'm going to have to look it up, but I don't know if it's ever been done before. I'm telling you folks, the owners are setting the Players Association up with this stuff. I guarantee it and watch it. It's going to come to fruition. You know what? Go to patreon.com slash because I we've been getting so many comments and social media posts about this show that we're starting to get out there about it. People are starting to love it. I'm starting to love you more because it's much easier to do this show when we have supporters. Trust me. All right, jumping down south because I'm in SoCal. This is so Florida. Southern Florida. You know, I love Derek Jeter as a player. I was excited to see him be part of ownership of the new Miami Marlin Club. But what does he do? He goes in and guts the front office and gets rid of baseball people and good baseball people. One of them is my guest today. Again, I'm going to hold it back. But how do you fire your first couple of weeks in front office as the guy it's not like somebody else did it and Jeter just gave him the news. Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer. Tony Perez, Hall of Famer. And Jeff Conine, who might be one of the most recognizable names in franchise history of the Miami Marlins. And you know what? They've done a hell of a lot since they came into the league. Well, I'm going to bring in my first guest to spend some time with me on the pine. He managed... The Kansas City Royals, the Oakland A's, the San Diego Padres, the Cincinnati Reds before going to the Florida Marlins and being part of that front office that was gutted. He's a two-time National League Manager of the Year, world champion, and I want to welcome to the Pine, my friend, my former skipper, my former general manager, and my former field manager. Trader Jack McKeon. Jack, how are you? I'm great, Clark. Trader, great to hear from you. So, what I understand is you're a special assistant to the GM for the Washington Nationals. Yeah, I took that job this year. I laid off a year. I needed to get recharged. 
Let, let's talk about that layoff before we go to the national job. How can are any of you guys were any of you guys happy about? You know what? You're not going to say anything negative about this, so uh, I'm not even going to get in it with you. But I'm going to tell you what one thing: it was a raw deal. It was a dumb deal, especially for a new ownership group to come in and get rid of four iconic guys like they got rid of in the first couple of weeks of being owners. I mean, it just didn't make any sense. Did you understand it? No, I didn't really. I understood, you know, the fact that uh, new ownership wants to come in and, uh, you know, bring their own people in. But the way they went about it was ridiculous. I mean, they didn't, they did cut, they cut, they let us go. Then they called us and said, oh, it's, you know, after they got some heat from the press and all, and the fans, they called us back and said, well, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll get back to you and we got something for you. And they got back to those other three guys, but I haven't heard from them yet. <laughs> What were they going to do? Give you like a, a five thousand dollars severance check? Well, what they did to the other guys was they said that they were making a hundred thousand, and they said that you can come back, but you can't do this, you can't do that, and we'll pay you twenty five thousand. So they said, "See you later." Okay. They wasn't they wasn't interested in the money. It was the fact that us four guys were probably the most popular guys in in in, in Florida and. We was really doing PR for it more than less than anything. But, you know, that's the way it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm always better off. I always find a better job anyhow. And you did. You did under Rizzo in, in Washington, and now you're back in the sun down in Florida doing your little special assistant thing. Let me ask you something. What does a special assistant to the GM do? Whatever he wants me to do. You know, but most of the time it's, hey, you go out and look at the pharmacy, see what we got, uh, trades, maybe send me out to look at somebody. But basically, uh, you know, uh, whatever they got, go, I go to the draft for them and I do different functions like that. You know, it's basically way, uh, you know, how it is. Do whatever, you, do whatever you want, but when they call, do something, you do it. <clears throat> go to spring training, spend a month down here, you know, Relaxing. There you go. West Palm Beach isn't too bad either. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. Well, it's right next door to Jupiter. And I spent nine, ten years, 15 years over there in Jupiter. But it's, years. It's, it's been nice. It's a good organization. And they go out and hire uh, experienced people. And that, uh, you know, hopefully it leads to uh, maybe getting a championship. I think we're, we're about ready this year. Well, you know, the Nationals, I think, are going to bring something, and I want you to verify this for me, and you're not giving away any secrets. I think the Nationals are going to be, bring speed back into the game of baseball this year, or at least they have an opportunity to do that. Well, that's, that's true. We have three guys that can really call. Now, that depends on how, you know, how the situation goes, how the manager wants to, you know, play his game. Everybody has their own way of doing things, so we'll just see. But we do have some speed. If they don't steal bases, at least hopefully they go first to third. Jack McKeon, my guest on Dirty Kurt's Dugout. Hi, everybody. This is Kurt Bavacqua. Jack McKeon, better known as Trader Jack because of the deals that he pulled off and all the trades that he made, uh, including me, quite a few times, and I love him to death. <laughs> let's, let's go back to Loria for a second because that was the one thing that I think stung the most when the new Marlin ownership took over, of course, Jeff Loria was a big fan of Jack McKeon's, and for right. good reason. He was going to bring you back to manage a game, wasn't he? Right, right. I was coming back 
for one game. And I would then been the oldest manager in the history game, replacing the, or the passing Connie Mack. Wow, that's so an iconic I, right name now, right all there. I need is, all I need is one game right now, and I'm the oldest. I'm the second oldest now, but I wouldn't be the oldest. Connie Mack was 87, and I'm 88 right now, going on 89. And still going strong. And next year I'll be going on 90, yeah. That's a true story. <laughs> You know, you know what? Um, you know, just get real close to Rizzo, and you never know what's going to happen. Well, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really not campaigning. That was Jeff, that was Jeffrey Lurie's idea, not mine. But he he wanted to do something special for me, and and I didn't I didn't complain. But uh, right now, people say, "Well, would you like?" To, uh, hey, you know, I, I'm not camping. I don't want to make it a, a PR. Stunt. No, you don't have to by making friends with uh, with Rizzo. I was just with his dad in the press box. So uh, I got to mention, I might mention something. I'm going to politic for you, Jack. <laughs> because people don't do that enough in the game today. And what do you think about the game today as as opposed to? Uh, I, 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 you know, just what came out today. All the, all the news about all the changes. Why don't they leave the game alone? We're fine. That's like to talk about the game being slow. Who talks about the game being slow? Us in baseball. Nobody else talks about it. Yeah. Now they're going to change the clock. You know, they're going to do this. They're just going to commence the pitchers. Yeah. I can see that. But on the other hand, the way we use pitchers today is ridiculous. One inning, five guys in one inning. Come on. Crazy. I want to go to one part of the announcement today that I think of any of them would really affect a person like you. And that's with the uh, eliminating the uh, August 31st waiver trade deadline. That, that's gone now. So there's a single trade deadline on August 31st, and that's the it. Do you think that will affect the way teams try to maneuver their roster and, and acquire players and get rid of players? Oh. Oh, yeah. See, the only problem you got there, Kurt, is the fact that, you know, you talk about Julys, a lot of those clubs think they're in it. And they don't want to move anybody until they're out of it. When they're, when they're out of it, they can't move. So there's no trades allowed. But I think, uh, you know what, the smart clubs are going to go and load up before the 31st, if they can. With backups, that's, that's what you're going to need, some backups. Because if you get somebody hurt, you've got to bring somebody up in the minor leagues. You better have somebody in the minor leagues to play. But I don't know. That, you know, I, I think eventually, I said this two years ago, that they'll have a 28-man roster pretty soon. Now they're going to go to 26. So I do like I do like the rule where they are going to allow only 28 players in September instead of 40. Nobody ever called but, up 40 guys anyway. So it's... No, it's... Some clubs came close to it. But, I mean, you got a disadvantage. you got a lousy club. And here I'm trying to win the pennant. And you can make all kinds of moves, pinch runners, and everything else. And I'm stuck. I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, there there is a, there is a situation there that had to be. Well, if you go through the whole season with the 25 men, why can't you finish the season with 25 men? It's, and you, you know, got guys are made to be guys, changed. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not in that category of changing rules. 
I, I just leave the game alone. Everybody likes it the way it is. Well, they're not leaving the game alone. And I'm going to oh, ask no. you before I let you go, the single thing that bugs you most about today's game that really wasn't there 20 or 30 years ago? The replay. And not so much the replay. The way they go about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write replay, and you got the guy in there looking at it, and everybody's standing out in the field waiting for you, for your guy, your camera guy, to tell you to go and make it official. I say this. If you think you got a chance, as soon as you walk out of the dugout, that's it. You're not waiting for the guy to give you the yes or no to his interpretation. And plus, you talk about you know saving time. Well, that takes five, six minutes. And if it's a good, close play, it may take ten. That certainly is a time user. Right. That certainly is a time user. Yeah, they're talking about a lot of stuff, Jack, that's going to change the game from the way we knew it. Jack McKeon, 1949 was your first year in pro ball. That's right. And you know what? You know what? What what drew you to the Carolinas? Was it your early years there playing ball? Yeah, right. Okay. I got got assigned to Burlington in 1953. I really wanted to go to Waco, Texas. uh, We had two B clubs at that time, of course, B. And I had played C the year before, so I'm going to B, and they sent me to Burlington. I'm like, why do I go to Texas? I want to go down to Waco. And, well, I got lucky because I met my wife here, and we've been married 60, almost going 65 years this year. So, um, and she's doing fine, too. She's right up there, 86. She's doing bouncing off the walls. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, the problem we've got today, McCurk, we don't have players like you. And I'm going to pat you on your back because this is a radio show. You, you probably got the most out of your ability. You weren't a great player, but you made yourself uh, a player in the major leagues for 10 or 12 or 15, whatever, how long you were there. You, 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 you worked at it. You dedicated yourself. Today, they take for granted. You know, First of all, they get 550000 just rookies. How more the coaches get. But uh, they, don't, they don't apply themselves today. Like the old guys did. No, it's certainly different. I mean, you can tell it with the attitude, with uh, the way the guy. I think they, these guys still go out and really try to play the game hard. But, but I think you're right. There's not the opportunity for. Uh, I don't know whether I'd be in the game today, making a lot of money, or whether I wouldn't even be in the game at all. Yeah. It's, it's a hard no. call to make. I mean, it well, really, it really is. Right. They, they don't. Yes, I was lucky in, in three. I had all my 17 years managing in the big leagues. That was the most unselfish club I ever had. I mean, these guys, I mean, veteran guys, Mike Lowell, Derek Lee, Jeff Conard. You put the ball on, they punt it. Pudge Rodriguez. Today, you put the ball on, and they challenge you. Lee, Lee, bunt. They don't give a damn about winning the game. They're interested in getting their stats up so they can get you know, good, good marks in arbitration. And not all the guys. You can't blame them all. There's a lot of guys that... But this is where the manager's got to sell his program. He's got to sell it. Well, and I think uh, and I think Alex Cora did that last year in Boston. Right. And that's Absolutely. the reason that team was so good. That's right. He did. He did a good job. He sold it. How we're going to play. 
Well, we certainly don't see Bunning, but we might see the steal come back this year, and it might be because of a team like the team that Jack McKeon's working for right now as a special assistant, the Washington Nationals. Let's all keep an eye on them. Jack, I uh, I wish you continued success. I'm sure you'll have I'll it. I'll be out there, so I'll be out there. I'll, I'll make a trip out there this year. But anyway, Kurt, thanks so much. I'm happy for you. I know you'll do a good job, and anytime you need me, give me a holler. Thank you, sir. I yeah. appreciate and it. Tell all, tell all my good fans to say a hello for me. I will certainly do that. Jack, thank you. Okay, buddy. Thank you. Bye, Bye now. Jack McKeon, former general manager of the San Diego Padres. Got to tell you something. This guy could do it. And you know what? Everybody loves him. Really. I mean, he traded me away. He traded me away here, and he was the general manager. I knew he had just taken over for Bob Fontaine, but I didn't realize he's going to go up to his desk, throw Fontaine's pencils away, and pencil me out of there because that's basically what happened. I mean, he just sent me away, and, boy, I was swinging a bad good. But Jerry just wouldn't use me right. So I got to complain a little bit about the manager not using me right, having Jack on the phone. Oh, boy. It was good having Jack McKeon. Well, like I told you at the onset of the show, and I'm going to continue to uh, market it a little bit because of the interest that we're creating, Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Kurt You'll find out everything there is to know about Dirty Kurt's Dugout. You can go to iTunes. Uh, Spotify, any of the places that you can get podcasts and pick us up. Uh, So do that. Spread the word uh, and tell everybody how much you like the show. If you don't, don't tell them. Don't you dare tell them if you don't like the show because that would not be nice. My next guest is from San Diego, and we're going to talk to him about the Padres. It's at EVT underscore Jay Clark. Is that right? That is it, sir. Okay, James, how are you? Good. How are you doing, KB? I'm doing fine. So you're over in Peoria enjoying, hopefully, the sun, because I was there last weekend. It wasn't that hot the way we're no. used to seeing it in Arizona. No, it's definitely still chilly out here. The sun might be out, but uh, the chill is definitely in the air. I mean, what's going on? We're midway through March, and it's... Um, you know, you get a day every once in a while, but then the next day it goes back to 40 or 50. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, no, last night in, uh, in, uh, at the, the Angel Stadium, it was freezing out there. I mean, it was, it was balmy out here. I mean, coming from a native San Diego, we're not used to this kind of weather. <laughs> so I, you taught me something today because I saw your tweet seeing that Homer by at LA underscore Molf underscore 13. I'm mm-hmm. assuming that that's Machado's. Twitter. That that is actually Framil's Framil Reyes' Twitter account. Oh, he's his nickname is La Mole. See, there you go. I I thought I you know what if if I if I probably stared at it a little longer I would have said Machado's not going to keep a Twitter account with L A in it. Yeah, <laughs> there you so go. it's Reyes with La Mole. La Mole. Well, you yeah. know what him. And Hunter Renfro, mm-hmm. I think, are fairly identical hitters. I might think at this stage, Reyes might be a little more dangerous 
But yeah. I think, but and I want you to analyze this and tell me because I know you know the game. Mm-hmm. I think both those guys are off-speed hitters. Yeah, they they can both be mistake hitters for sure. If you if you hang something to them, they they have the power to take it out for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing difference between the two of them is that Reyes has a little more plate discipline with two strikes, and he seems to want to go the op- the other way and not necessarily drive the ball too much with two strikes. And that's kind of rare for a 23 year old to already be thinking about you know shorting up and, and making contact. Can we talk about the Padres Major League Club without bringing up their prospects? I, I think that's kind of yeah. impossible almost. It, it is when we start to def- definitely talk about the pitching because the pitching is what's lacking on this team, but they're very close. But, you know, watching the game last night, it was amazing how quickly the lineup turned around. Uh, adding a Machado to the lineup really kind of brightens things up. I mean, you have a Renfro and a uh, Mejia hitting sixth and seventh. I mean, that's pretty exciting. They, they should score some runs this year. Let's talk about that young pitching. Mm-hmm. Who's impressed you? the most since you've been out there or since you've been watching them come through the system that in their, in where their development is right now. Chris Paddock has definitely has to be the, the, the one to talk about. I think uh, in the presser today, uh, Andy Green didn't really want to commit to an opening day starter, but it seems to be, uh, it seems to be leaning that way. If you mathematically look at the, the next two outings, he would be lined up perfectly to start on opening day. Uh, I believe that he'd be the first rookie to start an opening day since 1943 or something really bizarre like that. But at this point, he is probably the best starting pitcher on on the staff. And that says a lot because there's a lot of young players on the staff that are up and coming. But he just has that it factor. And talking to Francisco Mejia, Austin Hedges, even Andy Green, they, they point out the fact that he has that bulldog mentality. He wants the ball, and he's not afraid. And that's pretty rare for, for someone who's never even tasted uh major league pitching or major league hitting at all. Well, he's only going to be the fifth rookie uh, mm-hmm. ever to have his first start or his first appearance be an opening day start in the history of the game. And like you said, the last time was back in the forties. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty unusual. I mean, he's pretty special. I, uh, you know, at 23, he, he just, he throws strikes. He pounds the zone. His changeup is already, arguably probably a top five or top 10 in the game right now. I mean, that's, he's just, he has that it factor and it's pretty exciting to talk to him firsthand and and feel the intensity from him. Okay. Let's, uh, let's put Paddock off to the side. Okay. And say that he's one of the starters. Mm -hmm. Who are the other three or four? Uh, at this point, uh, Lauer and Lucchese would probably be locks. Uh, Andy Green doesn't necessarily want to refer to them as locks, but they definitely have a leg up. Uh, I think another left-hander, Matt Strom, who's going to be throwing tomorrow at uh, in Milwaukee uh, at the Milwaukee uh, at Milwaukee Stadium, uh, is another one who's really impressed and will probably make the starting rotation. Um, there's whispers here in Padres camp that the Padres might go with a six-man rotation at some point. I don't know if they necessarily do that right off the bat in April, but. They have the depth in pitching. Uh, we're even talking about Logan Allen, Jacob Nix, pitchers like that that are uh, Cal Quantrill, another one that is, that's in camp that are performing well. Nick Margavicious is another left-handed pitcher who's performing well in camp. They have pitching. It's just getting them experience. And at this point, I think the Padres have a little concern about innings and, and whether or not all these young guys are going to be able to make the innings. You know, they're going to have some sort of innings limits. None of these guys have gone over 150, 100 in, in their careers at 
this point. So you want to you want to take it easy with them. You don't want to abuse them too too much because they are the future of the team. So the nine inning complete game no hitter is no more. Yeah, I'm hearing you say. Yeah, like, really. Uh, unless that pitch count is down, I wouldn't. You know, at this day and age, it seems that. Managers so obsessed with pitch counts and not tearing up their arms and, and not doing what uh, Tommy Lasorda did back in the day to Dodger pitchers and, and kind of just let them mature on their own and let them kind of build up their stamina. So we'll have to wait and see what uh, the Padres' philosophy is, but there's plenty of young arms on, on this farm system. Well, I can't let you go in, without talking about Tatis and yeah. Urias, and, mm-hmm. but there's somebody else I want to talk to you about. But before uh, we get into that, what I'm going to throw at you about the catching position, and you probably know what it is, mm-hmm. um, Fernando Tatis and Urias, what's your take on those two guys? I know it's pretty obvious, but are we going to see either one of them at the beginning of the year? Is Ian Kinsler going to start at second base? I mean, what's the scoop? Yeah, Kinsler. At this point, Kinsler is going to be the second baseman. Uh, from what I've gathered and what I've heard, they're they're happy with the veteran leadership he brings, and they want someone to kind of lead by example to all these young guys. He's a silent guy. He doesn't doesn't really talk too much, but he busts his ass every single day, and he goes out there and he performs. And I think that that's what they want to bring. Uh, at this point, I think Urias is probably going to be penciled in as a starting shortstop if uh, if they choose not to to start the season with Tatis. Um, Urias is in a little bit of a funk right now. I saw him strike out three times uh, last night and strike out uh, this afternoon in the inter-squad game. Uh, he's just in a little bit of a funk. I don't know how much the hamstring injury from last season is, is still dealing with him, but I would expect for him to be the starting shortstop uh, come uh, late uh, March when they, when they first begin to play. Now, I tell you what, it's, uh, it's a time of spring where you start getting a little tired. Mm-hmm. And that comes into play. The bat slows down a little bit. You try to overswing to compensate for feeling down a little uh-huh. bit. And the next thing you know, you're messing with mechanics and you go into a little bit of a funk. I think that's what might be happening because I think he rebounded pretty good from that hamstring injury. He, uh-huh. uh, he played a little bit of winter ball and uh-huh. he swung the bat early, right? Yeah, you know, in looking at his swing, he has a little bit of a more pronounced leg kick right now. I don't know if that's something he's trying to drive the ball a little more, which is not his forte. Uh, you know, if you ask my amateur opinion, I think that he's got a little bit of a too, too much of a leg kick at this point. I think they're going to try to shorten him up a little. Uh, you know, his forte was, you know, he's a guy who walked more than he struck out all the way through his minor league career. So they're going to want him to get back to that and just putting the ball in play and, and kind of developing into that future number two hitter that, that he has the ability to possibly be. Well, I tell you what, then they need to get him and whoever else falls into that category and put him on a different field. Yeah. Because I was, I was over there last week, like I told you. I was mm-hmm. watching him take batting practice on field two before mm-hmm. the game against Cincinnati Reds last week at night. Mm-hmm. I could not believe how many balls were hit over the fence. And it wasn't by Urias. Mm-hmm. I think he might have hit one over. But these guys were making that field look like a little league field. Yeah, yeah. there's and definitely some power on this Padre team. For that's sure. all. That's all they do. Unfortunately, is lift and separate. Yeah. So yeah. you know, uh, uh, Reyes can hit the ball out at any ball, part of the ballpark, 
Mm-hmm. As big as he is, it doesn't even matter what, if it's a fastball, he can take it out the right center. If it's a changeup, he's going to hit it over the left field wall like he did the other day. Yeah. And that yeah, hanging breaking ball. I mean, yeah, Hosmer's but, the same way. You know, Hosmer's a big boy. Yeah. And he looks to me like there is a method to his madness this year. When he came on this ball club last year, it was almost like he was a little out of place. Yes. yes. And I can see the difference in Eric Hosmer this year. Uh, and I'm sure the addition of Machado is going to affect every player on this team. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see Tatis because of the extra year of eligibility or non-extra year. Mm-hmm. However you look at it, it's a part of the game. People are accepting it now. I'm sure they're talking about it in collective bargaining. They're not going to get anywhere with it, with the owners. Yeah. But Tatis is going to go to the minor leagues. No matter what yeah. he hits in spring training, he's going to the minor leagues. But one guy that might be slated for the minor leagues, and if he is, it's a shame because he should be the number one catcher, in my opinion, and that's Mejia. Mm-hmm. Do you that, think that's... Austin Hedges is going to break camp as the number one catcher and get most of the reps behind the plate? That is a That is probably – the question at this point, I think that that, uh, if anything, is is pretty much neck and neck. You know, in talking to many of these pitchers, they they enjoy talk, they enjoy throwing to Hedges, but they're starting to develop a rapport with Mejia that that's definitely recognizable. Uh, in talking to Eric Lauer this morning in the in the clubhouse, he's talking about the adjustments that Mejia is making. Uh, you know, everyone knows about the rocket arm, but he's really taking it hard to learn these pitchers, learn what they like to do, learn their nuances. And, you know, that's what you want to see out of a young catcher because, you know, catching is a big, important part of their job. They need to be able to do that adequately. And at this point, I don't see Mejia as just the offensive only catcher. He's progressing with the with the defense. And I don't know. You know, quality teams have depth, and the Padres will have depth. We'll have to see what they do with the catching in the catching department. But I can see positives in both players, but... We'll have to see. I don't know if Andy Green's going to play matchups or, or what at this point, but it's a, it's an interesting question for sure. It's going to be an interesting decision for yeah. sure. So well, I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what it is. Yeah, I mean, Mejia absolutely crushes the ball from both sides of the plate, and that cannot be taught. That that That's just, I mean, when you can have an offensive catcher perform like that and then do adequate behind the plate defensively, you have a, an all-star type of player, and, and he has that written all over him. He's still 23, still pretty young, still trying to solve the plate discipline issues and, and, you know, be a little more selective at the plate. But you can definitely see the upside in this young man for sure. James, tell everybody where they can uh, check you out. Your blogs, uh, East Village Times is at EVT, right? EVT underscore news is uh, is our Twitter account. Oh, the Uh, news. That's what I forgot. Yeah, no, no, no problem at all. But yeah, check us out eastvillagetimes.com. Uh, we do a pretty good job of, of covering the system from top to bottom. Uh, I have writers in every affiliate now, uh, so we'll be bringing uh, news right from Fort Wayne, right from Amarillo, right from El Paso, just to kind of whet the appetite of all these Padre fans out there. So, what do you think about that, folks? A local blog having affiliates in each minor league city. Where, where else do you get that? I mean, yeah. that's, that's good stuff. James, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. We will talk again in the future, uh, my friend. 
Thank you so much, KB. You have a great one, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I mentioned early on the fact that Major League Baseball is making changes with the graces of the Major League Baseball Players Association. Let me tell you what they are if you haven't heard. There's a single trade deadline. We mentioned that during the McKeon part of the interview on July 31st, as it used to be, but they've eliminated the August 31st waiver trade deadline. So there's no more waiver trade line, uh, waiver trade deadline. There's just the single trade deadline on July 31st. And as reported in the last couple of days, the all-star game election day format will officially come online. Hmm. Okay. We knew that was going to happen. The maximum number of mound visits went from six to five. They keep cutting them out. <laughs> Pretty soon you're not going to be able to go to the mound. <laughs> oh, there, there's one. I'm going to throw it at the bottom uh, in my memory bank because I, I'm going to rant on it. But the uh, the time between innings reduced from 2.05 to two minutes in local games and 2.25 to two minutes in national games. So, in other words, national, local, it's only two minutes. That That's huge, and I'll tell you why. Because national sponsors aren't going to like that. Nat, the networks aren't going to like that. They had to run this by the ESPNs, the MLBs, the Foxes of the world in order to get this by. Because they're taking almost 30 seconds out of each inning, between inning, of sponsorship on a major network. That's a huge deal. I'm telling you. Okay, how do you like this? A three-batter minimum for pitchers. It's been talked about the last few weeks. We all know that there was a possibility that doesn't begin until 2020. Now, here's one thing that they have to look into, for, into that I haven't seen anywhere. And that is, if you face two guys and the third hitter is a guy that the manager doesn't really want you to face and first base is open, if they intentionally walk the guy, and remember, the pitcher doesn't throw any pitches nowadays, does that count as a batter? for the pitcher, or does he actually have to throw a pitch to him? We'll see. Also beginning in 20, that's 2020, rosters will expand from 25 to 26. That's regular season. And the September rosters will be limited to 25 players. And there'll likely be a limit placed on the number of pitchers on each roster. Now, to add to that, if you're not marked down as a pitcher on the lineup card, you're not eligible to pitch. So you're not going to see any infielders and outfielders come into the game and pitch an inning like we see every season where a guy either strikes it out and it's comical or 
he gets bombed and it's comical or however you want to look at it. Probably won't see that too much. There's a few other changes that we'll get into later. There's changes coming up. They're going to continue to talk. They're actually talking about extending the 2021 collective bargaining agreement that, or that I should say that ends in 2021. They're talking about making a deal now to extend it. But maybe both these sides are afraid of a strike because there's bad blood with these guys right now, and for good reason. The owners have had everything since Tony Clark took over the Players Association. Are the players looking to make changes within their own leadership group? That's a question that we'll breach, I'm sure, soon. But right now, I'd like to pay tribute to a former Padre, uh, a guy that I got an opportunity to meet last year when I uh, did my post-game alumni show on Fox Sports San Diego, uh, Kevin Ward passed away this week in Coronado, California, brain cancer. Uh, what a great guy. Uh, was only here for a couple of years, uh, but made an imprint uh, in the community with youth baseball, uh, with his smiling face. And my condolences go out to Kevin's family, uh, his kids, and everybody that knew him. And I got another shocker yesterday when the baseball coach at LSU called me, whose name happens to be Paul Maneri, whose dad was my college coach, Dr. Demi Maneri, the legendary college coach. And incidentally, those two guys, and I'm talking about Demi and Paul, are the only two father-son combination in the College Baseball Hall of Fame. That's pretty cool. Demi passed away yesterday morning at the age of 90, and he leaves behind an unbelievable family. Uh, his wife, Rosetta, who he's been married to forever, and not just a legacy of coaching, but a legacy of leadership and being a second father to me, I appreciated everything he did. Uh, and I appreciated it then. And that's the good part of this whole thing is because it wasn't like I looked back and said, man, I wish I would have appreciated that guy more. I appreciated him then. And that's why it's easier for me to smile today because I knew, I know that he knew it. And I got an opportunity to see him in Baton Rouge a couple of months ago when I brought my boys down to attend uh, an LSU camp. Um, I knew that Paul had brought in Demi to uh, spend his last days in Baton Rouge closer uh, to him and the rest of the family. And I just wanted to go down and see him. Uh, I didn't know what his situation was. But I knew by Paul moving him from Fort Lauderdale up to Baton Rouge that uh, the situation was a little dire. 
so I took my family down. Uh, we all got to sit with him. Uh, he perked up. Got him to perk up. <laughs> it was great. I uh, got to see Demi. But rest in peace, my friend. Uh, I love you. And this is Kurt Bavacqua for Dirty Kurt's Dugout. And until next time, thank you, everybody. We're talking baseball. Klazuski, Campanella. Talking baseball. The man and Bobby Fella. The scooter, the barber, and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque. Especially Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. Well, Casey was winning, Hank Aaron was beginning, one Robbie going out.